the everyone needs nutrition everyone needs community everyone needs connection and that that's what eat play crush is about and that's why nutrition can be individual just make make sure you are living your best Hey guys, welcome back to the Crown Prince of Brooklyn with myself, Dr. Daniel Rubenstein. I have a very, very special guest, someone that I think you guys can learn so much about. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself because I think she does it in a very classy way. Uh, she is a champion and I would like for her to tell you <laughs> why I just said that. Literally a champion. Uh, my name is Mary. I'm known as Paleo Chef. I'm a private performance specialist to athletes and entertainers. Um, blending nutrition with recovery. And I work primarily with the top tier athletes and very proud of earning a championship. It's, it's uncomfortable to say, cause you earned, <laughs> you, you earned it and I'm proud you of it. it. And I wear it. the ring every day in my apartment. Just like, it's so beautiful. So let's get into it because our, our listeners probably think an engagement ring, right? What, what ring are we talking the about? The only ring that matters, the which is a 2022 NBA championship ring with the golden state warriors yeah. it has my name on it. Um, and it's, I think there's a whole, it could be a whole other topic, but the whole, like being humble and not, especially as a female, don't talk so big about what you do, but also yeah. it's something I'm super proud of, but I am still getting used to talking about it in this fashion with my friends. I'm like, mm. I went to go see my physical therapist and he's like, what are we going to do today? I had my hand in my purse and I was like, <laughs> my hand really hurts today. I think there's something wrong with my wrist. And I was like. Oh, he goes, you jerk. <laughs> so I'm like that with my friends. I but mean, it's that's probably the. I'm a huge basketball fan. You know, just like you, we, we treat a lot of basketball players, and to have the holy grail of awards, which is a championship ring, um, and you are a big part of it because you do help some of the top athletes in the world become their best versions. It's that one or two percent difference, and it's. I work, to be clear, I work with athletes, not with organizations. I just get granted access to work closely with them because of the nature of what yes. I do. But in order to put together a nutrition, a supplement, and a recovery program, I'm doing gut, stool, spit, sweat analysis every six to eight weeks and modifying everything they put in their body, pregame, postgame, halftime, all of it. And for me, I've been doing this for 12 years, and I've done it with incredible athletes across the globe in every sport. Can you share some sports. of the names? Um, you don't have to be humble on this podcast, but it's more so like I've done, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you outside. <laughs> but it's like, I'm so proud of what I've done as my body of work. But last season to get to do that with my home team, you're from the Bay, the Bay. So area. I've, I've done this for other That's athletes. A dream come true. I have wow. a rule that I will work with athletes, but if they happen to face off one of my home teams, I'm off for that day. Like <laughs> or, loyal or, to or, my or soil. You might, you might uh, make a concoction for them to eat. That might not. Okay. By one of the first calls I got in 2012 was a call that we need some meals for an athlete at, at the giant stadium. And I was like, Oh yes. And then I get there and it's a big player on another team. What team was it? Uh, the Washington nationals. And okay. I go, I'm really sorry. I can't give you this meal. And like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm dead serious. Like, wow. I really can't. Unless you want me putting MDMA and laxatives in his meal. <laughs> so he's shitting his pants and loving it. I like, I just can't. So I had this rule. And then yeah. when I got the opportunity to work with my home team, that was so, so special. And then sure. some of the most iconic generational players of our time. And, and then I think about the arc of the story, someone who dropped out of high school, had no formal training, was in tech, 
to to be able to carve out a niche to earn the respect and the attention of these particular type of people then to show that you are effective in your work right. and then to come back and do that as a female in Incredible. sports with players Incredible. on the warriors i'm like this Incredible. is a moment and like that, I got that ring sized for this that's this finger. Incredible. I'm like, you can't replace this ring. Don't that's even a dream try. Come true. So, Mary, I know dealing with athletes. The reason why I could be so close to them is because I understand what they're going through. I'm an athlete myself. I love basketball, specifically basketball. We treat a lot of NFL players, tennis players, hockey players, and um, and I know it's the same thing with you. You love basketball too. You played basketball as a kid. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Basketball is the sport that gave me a sense of I belong no matter what. I and can like relate I, to that yeah, so, so Like much. I touched on, uh, first-generation Egyptian, went to a primarily white school, um, and just did not fit in. Mm. Girls were super mean. There was a lot of bullying a happening. Lot. And I mean, you know, you get older and you understand like, oh, they didn't understand you were different. All the things that, you know, you, you grow and have compassion for. Yeah. But uh, at the moment, you're like, why are they picking on me? Well, you just as a kid, as a kid, you're hurt. I had a girl throw tan bark at my face like my first week in school, which I never even went home and told my parents these stories because it would just gut them. And so I I'm adaptable. So I learned very quickly that. The girls are going to judge you on things mm. that you really can't control. The boys just want to play sports. And so I learned how to pit play basketball because that meant I had friends. So the bell would ring. I would run out to the playground. I would try to shoot a, a free throw so I could be a captain, which guaranteed I could pick the team <laughs> rather than so waiting the, to be picked. And maybe not even being picked, too. Right. So that's why I was like, make Smart. sure I'm going to get like picked that. and as a captain. And then I recess and lunch, I'm playing basketball. And that's where it it made me feel like I could belong. And then I continued to play basketball and volleyball and then eventually stuck with tennis in high school I mean, because I was just better at that. Sport. It's such a smart idea. And, and it's, it's unfortunate that you went through bullying and then, but then it helped pivot you to where you are today because you fell in love with those sports. You know, being from parents that are immigrants, I had a heavy accent when I was a kid. So a lot of kids were like, why do you speak like that? I'm like, what do you mean? I speak normal. They're like, no, you don't. So I was bullied as well. And I found that basketball and sports really put me in a place where everyone liked each other. Everyone mm -hmm. worked hard together. We had a common cause, which is the love for basketball mm -hmm. and, and the sport. We kind of forgot about our differences. Right. That's what sports do. Like my greatest moments <clears throat> all have to do with some sort of championship game and just the love. Like sports to me are super romantic. And I have clients across other industries and I love you all. But the <laughs> sport is just very special to me. Um, okay. But what, what are your teams? Oh, what are my teams? <laughs> so just like you, I'm not tied to one specific team mm -hmm. working in terms of working with, uh, with clients. Um, I have patients from different teams. Sure, sure, sure. But the, but the <laughs> when team, you wear a jersey, <laughs> I, I don't wear people's jerseys. <laughs> I rather hang them up and have them yeah, sign okay. it. But the team that I grew up on were the New Jersey Nets at the time. Yeah. Um, which are now the Brooklyn Nets. Right. And then my hockey team was the New Jersey Devils. Those people that have been following me for a while, they just know that I'm a huge fan. Okay. And my father had some ties to the teams when I was growing up, so it was just easy for us. Did you play hockey? I didn't play hockey. Uh, my mother, you know, Latvian mother was like, I don't want you to mess up your face. You're not playing hockey. And I was like, I really want to play hockey. Could you imagine being in the field you're in right now? <laughs> just like. <laughs> Broken face, scars everywhere, but it would be a great thing It'd be to be like a real niche, like, yeah. like the, the scar face. Can you imagine, uh, like, 
myself after getting hit and broken teeth and scars and I'm working on you as a dentist with you know all those it could be badass you could have missed out on a great marketing opportunity (laughs) (laughs) or maybe I could have pursued hockey but you know every one of those moments is what led us to where we are today so we're here on the west coast um in the best coast in your town or basically your coast not your town because you're more by the bay area yeah um, I want to get into a little bit more detail about how you help these athletes become the best versions of themselves. Because it's not just like have a banana before the game, have a Gatorade, and then after the game uh, have no some No Gatorade carbs. ever, ever. So <laughs> from a dental perspective, like there's a lot of problems that a lot of these energy drinks have. And people think the energy drink is what's going to save them during the, during the game. Could we, get, could we go through the steps pre-game, during the game, maybe, and then post-game recovery, like things that you recommend for your clients? Yeah, so I'm gonna speak to how I individualize it for clients, and I'll I'll do my best to then dial it back and say, you know, these are the things anyone could potentially do. So when I get a client, no matter what field they're in, before we get started, even with testing, I put them through a gut reset. It's a seven-day protocol I have that anyone can do, Mm -hmm. and it's a combination of fasting mimicking, anti-inflammatory and really nutrient dense foods like liver and salmon and things of that nature. And generally, even the most elite athletes haven't always eaten that that clean. And I do that on purpose to learn about their body. I Mm want to learn the amount of inflammation they're going to lose that week. So I know, okay, this is what what you mean by inflammation. What do you mean by that? So uh, if you're eating like crap or you're stressed out or anything like that, your body is going to have this inflammatory response. And generally, to simplify it, if you have an injury, your body is going to flood it with inflammation. And and some inflammation is good. Not all inflammation is bad. But then some people have this this very long-lasting, constant inflammation from what they're eating or lack of sleep or whatever it is. And when I do the gut reset, people could lose anywhere from 5 to 15 pounds in that week. And they think it's... That. I'm like, no, that's actually inflammation your body's holding on to. So before I even run labs, I can do this protocol and learn about your body by the way it's responding to it. Got it. Do you get a rash here? Do you sleep better? Does mm. your face break out? Because those are all connected to different systems in the body. Amen. Yeah. So this is how I'm learning before we do any labs. I also know that if, if a client comes to me and they've been eating like trash prior to doing the <laughs> gut reset, we're going to have a lab that's going to show all of that. I want to know what their true baseline is so we can build upon that. So no matter who you are, whether you're a dentist or a basketball player, you're doing a gut reset, basically creating a standard for everybody. Yeah. And it's a really, it's from a psychological standpoint too. It's a good primer. People are like, okay, I'm about to enter a new program and this is the thing that gets me ready. And I feel so good after the seven days that I want to naturally keep this going. Mm -hmm. And then we figure out what the program is from there. So that first week is, is discovery. Then I run labs with them and the labs are all the general labs people are familiar with, Mm -hmm. but, but then a full pituitary function, a blood serum lab that tests your inflammatory responses to food caveat there there's a lot of people who don't love that lab because they're like it changes a lot and my response what do you mean by changes a lot you'll be you'll show like your inflammatory you're having an inflammatory response to like beets or cilantro and then six months it'll change so people are like it's changing it's unreliable and i I push back on that and I say it's changing because your environment's changing, and your, your stressors changing, changing. And if you are at a certain level of performance, and it's not just athletes, say you run a business, say you're a, say busy you're a mom, dentist, anything. say you're a dentist, let's be as specific <laughs> as possible. And you're, um, you're want to 
give yourself the best shot at reducing inflammation. So I like to rerun the lab for my athletes in season quite often, but for a general person every year, just to see like, how am I responding to foods now? So we mm-hmm. do a blood serum inflammatory response test and then a nutrient panel. I want to see where nutrients are from there. We figure out what their meal programming is. My clients don't in season, don't do grains or dairy. So in season, meaning your athlete clients. Yes. Um, okay. Or if they're getting ready for a movie or something like that, if Got they're it. an actor. Uh, and so pe- you keep them away from grains? Grains. All type of grains? Sometimes we'll do, depending on inflammatory response, sometimes we'll do rice here and there. Sometimes we'll do quinoa here and there. But we focus more, mostly on like Japanese potatoes and sweet potatoes. Yes. For yeah, yams? yeah, oh, for the them. for the um, for the carb content, because people hear no grains and they go, "You're not giving them carbs." I'm like, to be clear, no athletes performing at an elite level as keto or carnivore, they are getting carbs. So, for the regular person that wants to get these lab tests, is it to any doctor that, that, that they could go to? Is it a specific doctor? Is it a specific doctor that understands these type of lab tests? I'm an average person right. in America. Where do I go? So this is something that maybe you can speak to is that um, finding a doctor that will listen to you, it's pretty difficult. Yes. And so these labs are available to almost everyone. It's a matter of finding a doctor who's going to want to run them for you. So finding a doctor that is not necessarily smarter than you, but as curious as you are, is usually your best bet. And it takes a while to find doctors like that mm. because these labs are accessible and if your doctor's willing to run them through, insurance can be covered by insurance. Um, the nutrient panel, sometimes that's something that you want to pay out of pocket. If you're having difficulty with your primary care physician, I would say seek out a functional medicine doctor because right. they're going to already be on board with the investigations and running those labs. Or there's, um, I think it's called New Health. It's a concierge type of doctor service mm-hmm. where it's a it's a smaller monthly fee, but you're you have access to run labs like this. Um, actually to go back to what you said about finding the doctor, finding a doctor is like a spouse. You have to see eye to eye with the doctor. The doctor has to understand what you want to accomplish with your mm -hmm. health. It's not just about going to anybody and hopefully that person will understand you. It's a team effort and it's a team effort for the long run. hundred percent. And just don't go to some doctor because insurance covers it. Find the right doctor that fits your lifestyle and your vision and your future. It takes time. Like they, so it's like dating. You have to go to many different doctors until you find the right one. So for context, like with the health issues I had, which I'm sure we'll get into, and, and right now I have a pituitary tumor. Everyone told me, the doctors I saw, you're young, you're healthy, you look fine. Oh, wow. And I kept saying, no, something's wrong, something's off. And I finally found a doctor. Because to me, when I go to see a doctor, I very, very, very politely remind them that I've hired them. Yes. They work for me. Wow. So if I am asking questions, it's not for you to tell me I'm wrong and disregard me. And so I was going through doctors until I found a doctor that said, you're telling me something's off. Your labs are kind of within range. But if you're telling me you feel off, I'm going to keep looking. Yes. First of all, those are the very special type of doctors. Because I, I know even when I have patients, you know, new patients, they come to me, they go, I feel something's off. And even by the x-rays or by the by the methods of the, checking the bite and all those things, mm-hmm. nothing shows that anything is off. I still believe in my client. Mm-hmm. And because I believe them, I can understand what they're going through and often actually do find something to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, disregarding your client, no matter what industry you're in, is probably the worst thing you could do. And I don't know. I don't know why doctors aren't like that. Maybe you can say to that, but it, it is really uh, difficult. I mean, I, mean, there, I mean, I joke. I, a, no, but there's an ego. Even like chefs. 
you tell a chef, listen, I prefer, and then the chef could be upset about it. Like, why are you telling me how to cook? Why are you telling me like what, what to look for? You know, I got to give a chef a pass on that. When they open a restaurant, they're not like, <laughs> I'm here to, to show you what you want. I'm here to yeah. show you an art with, with doctors. What I've learned with, with doctors who are open is they're like, Hey, I know my lane. But I'm open right. to hearing how the other lanes will feed into this freeway of health. And so some doctors, they feel like if they're going to, if anything gets out of their lane, there is that whole, like, mm. I only know what I know and I don't want to be exposed. Right. And there's other doctors are like, wait, there's a wealth of knowledge because it wellness is very holistic. So like, for example, that same doctor that listened to me and we eventually found my pituitary tumor in the beginning, I now know to expect this, but in the beginning, he would call me in between our, our appointments and I would freak out. If your call, if your doctor yeah, calls you, you're like, what's some, wrong with me? Something is wrong, right? But he calls me. I'm like, what's up, Skiba? And he's like, hey, I've got a patient presenting with these symptoms. I'm going to do this with medicine. What do you recommend from a nutrition standpoint? Wow. And, and like, that's so rad that he's like, there's so much more and there's ways for me to help you and you help me because modern yeah. medicine is magic. But let's not disregard what nutrition. For sure, hundred percent. I think a lot of people want the quick fix. I think a lot of people just want a pill to solve all their problems, and they forget that uh, you know the food that comes from the earth could be just as magical as as modern day medicine. Medicine's really good at treating the acute. So I, I say, you want to give somebody, if possible, relief in the moment. You got to give them that moment to be like, oh, and then you tell them, here's the plan to where not needing to have this this solution that always hits just in the moment like migraines are a perfect example if i have a migraine and it's really bad i'm going to take what i need to get through my day in that moment and then i'm going to investigate what can i do next so i don't sure. need to keep taking this pill and rely on because let's go let's go through migraines because it's a beautiful analogy because migraines can be something that uh, a lack of intake maybe of enough uh, water or certain foods or nutrients stress. hormones stress could be a whole host of things. Migraines could also be coming from having misaligned bite, jaw problems, joint problems. Yeah, I'm learning about the tongue tie now and how that relates to like the your neck and your shoulders and all of that. Tongue tie could also affect the way that your jaw forms as a kid. So if your mouth doesn't form correctly and you have a narrow palate, your breathing is off. Mm -hmm. When your breathing is off, now you're you're getting into the problem of you, you're going to be more prone to teeth grinding because you're trying to get more oxygen while you're sleeping. You have sleep apnea. Um, and then I think about TMJ. how that stress in the body then translates to your cortisol rising, which then translates to your hormones, but then translates to how you process nutrition. Sure. And then I go down this whole, like, th this is what clients hire me to do. Let me tell you the issue. And then you Deal nerd out and go down the, the whole of investigation and come back with your findings. That's amazing. <laughs> so for those that don't know what the tongue tie is, for many people, when you make fun of someone, you stick out your tongue. If you're watching this on... YouTube, whatever. You stick out your tongue, your tongue could extend a certain amount. But tongue tie is when you have this little muscle attached to your tongue, but it attaches it at, at a very high point where you can't stick out your tongue. So now your speech is off. Now your whole growth and, and as you're aging, your, your facial structures could be uh, changed because of the tongue tie. It's a very easy, quick fix, especially in the dental office. We, uh, we have a laser that could remove some of the muscles, whether it's underneath the tongue. Some people have uh, muscles attached to the frenum here, and then it causes their teeth to shift. So these muscles need to be looked at early on in life, especially when the kids are growing, because it could affect their speech, their facial growth, all those different things. The body is so cool. <laughs> I mean, if you give it a chance, the body will tell you where you're going to end up.
I say that with nutrition. Yeah. Our body is so intelligent. We just have to pause and listen to it. Okay. So um, the lab test is something that everyone could do. Just finding the right doctor, right? Yeah, finding the right doctor. And then you can always, I post about this a lot. So if you're like, I want to know what specific test to ask for, just visit my social. I'm constantly Can you posting. just right off the bat share your social? So while people At listen. Paleo Chef on all platforms. At pa- Paleo Chef. P-A-L-E-O. But I don't believe in Paleo. I believe in Paleo. For anyone that's like, ah, oh, paleo is crap, which it isn't, but I believe mm-hmm. in paleo, which ties into the testing because what works for you may not work for me. 100%. And what works today may not work in six months. So that's my whole philosophy around paleo. Um, and so that's why labs are very important. I love that. So you can't just e- email or DM Mary and be like, give me the give me the game plan that I need. There has to be a level of a consultation, blood work and so forth. I share what I do and and like the gut reset because I want you to become have agency essentially over your body and your yes. health. I want to teach you the things for, to look for. I want to teach you the right questions to ask. Because even with my clients, I don't stay with any one client longer than a period of time. And they know that. I'm here to come in, make Help a change, uh, teach you a lot, and then build a team around you so then I can move on to something else. And that's what I think everybody needs to view themselves that, as yeah. an athlete, as an actor, as a high performer, and learn how to find the right doctor, the right acupuncturist, the right breathwork modality, mm. get the right equipment in their house. And so it's, to me, it's about teaching you education so you don't rely on someone like me. You like No one should ever do veneers on their own, right? But <laughs> yeah. you can figure out a meal plan on your own if you, if you are taught the right way to think about it. I understand. But I also want people to understand that you, you don't need to be an athlete or a high-level performer to have the best version of your body. I think that if you want to live a high-quality life with less illnesses and less problems or even like minimize the amount of illnesses, you need to really start within. And only by understanding nutrition and health and even mental health, like all that stuff plays a role. And for those that are listening... Even if you're an Uber driver or a truck driver, like you, ha- you want to live as long as possible. You want to be as happy as possible, and it starts within, right? Yeah, my my other trademark is eat, play, crush, eat clean, play eat, hard, play, crush, crush life, yeah. and it is around being the best performer you can be in your life. I'm going to be the best mom, the best Uber driver. Be the championship version of yourself. (laughs) Whatever that is, honestly. And it it really is like when you made a comment about um, disease or illness, the best way to treat illness is to do everything right before you get it. Mm. Because you can't avoid injury. You can't avoid illness altogether, but you can optimize the time it takes to recover. Prevention. If if you've got your foundation pretty set. Like I have an amazing track record of athletes and clients coming back from surgery in record time. Their doctors are like, don't tell anyone you healed this fat. This isn't normal. (laughs) What are you doing? They're like, I'm working with her. Amazing. And it's, it's what we did beforehand made that recovery so much smoother. Okay, so let's get back into it. You did the blood panels. You go through the blood panel, mm-hmm. uh, panels. Now you're working with an athlete, right? Yep. What's the pre, middle, and post? So they, they've got their programming, their meal programming. It's macronutrient, but also my, I'm a big micronutrient. I say macronutrients gets you in the playoffs. Micronutrients what does gets that you mean? the For those that are listening, including myself, micro, so, macro, everything I do in the mouth is so micro. I yeah. can't even imagine what the other... What macro is. So think of um, macronutrient is the amount of gas you put in your car. Micronutrient is the the quality of the gas you put in your car. Mm-hmm. So it's being focused. So I'm going to eat food that I know has nutrient density to it. So liver, 
a wide array of B vitamins, selenium, iron, et cetera. Those are micronutrients. So I say, using athletes as an example, they are elite specimens. They are gods. They could eat cardboard and still perform on that level, but for a certain period of time. If I'm giving them micronutrients, which optimizes their level of performance, now they become gods with championship rings. <laughs> and the gods maybe for a longer period of time. Extending career is one of my favorite things to do. For as a well. longer period of time. It's not just about being great one year, two years. We're talking about legacy, ye- legacy, 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 legacy. <laughs> um, and so micronutrients, uh, as it re- relates to just anyone, um, a lot of women are focused on aesthetics and losing weight and looking a certain way. Right. And so they're like, chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli. We are very complex chemistry labs walking around. We need vital nutrients to our mm-hmm. body. Number one thing that I do, I did a, a training camp with Nike, was the female running team that I was doing talks with them. A lot of the women were underweight, didn't have their periods, were losing hair, acne, et cetera. I'm asking them what they're eating. Big plant-based push, especially in Los Angeles. And I'm like, whatever is trending, that's what people take on themselves without understanding their own bodies. And I'm always like, what does your blood work say? What does your blood work say? And then they probably haven't done blood work for years. And so I have them do that. I'm like, okay, we need to give you, if you don't eat liver, I need you to take desiccated liver capsules. That's the micronutrients that they need. Keep eating the things that I don't love that you're eating, but you can keep doing that. But just make this one change with micronutrients. It's a supplement. It's it's dehydrated liver, essentially. Is there a specific brand that you like the most? I love Paleo Valley, just because I I know the family and the farm. I really enjoy them. Um, And within a few weeks, the girls that were having issues with their their periods came back. One of them was like, my doctor's super stoked because I'm actually good at putting weight on now, finally. And that's the power of a simple micronutrient. So that's the difference between looking at my my plate and being like, this is low calorie mm. and like whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. But then also the meaning of like, how do you take the food that serves a function in your body mm. for an organ or your sleep or your focus, et cetera. So when we go to pregame, for example, I think if you're relying on caffeine as your only pre-workout, you are lazy. Or like any pre-workout drink, right? Yeah, just caffeine, where they're like, I'm going to just slam a monster, or I'm going to just drink coffee. <laughs> Which is terrible for your body, teeth, everything. It, there is a, there, I don't remember the saying. But I exactly. am drinking a coffee now. <laughs> There's a time difference here, and I have to... Coffee is not bad. It's, it's about using it as a tool. Is that like farm coffee? I don't know. It seemed very healthy. I'm going to have to run it by you. <laughs> to me, caffeine and coffee is a powerful tool, not a crutch. It's one component of what focus and pregame is. Right. There's just this really cool Japanese saying that I'm going to ruin, but it's about how caffeine steals your time from tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm all about let's use exactly what you need so it's used most efficiently and then also you don't become um immune to it because too much caffeine then you mm. need even more caffeine and right. more caffeine in it and listen i'm a new yorker most of my patients drink coffee most of new yorkers are addicted there's a coffee shop in every corner well you're asking what athletes do i don't know what to say yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay. at least my athletes yes. we do minimal effective dose of caffeine so there is they do anywhere between 40 to 90, sometimes 120 milligrams of caffeine before a game. The context Can is a, you, um, a yeah, cup context. of coffee. A cup, a cup of coffee is how many milligrams? About 90 to 100. So one of these is around 90 to 100. Is it espresso? Is it? It's just a regular dark coffee. With so the six to eight ounces is roughly 90 to 100 okay. milligrams of, of, co- of caffeine. So to do that as part of the pregame, it's again, pretty low. People are usually like slamming espressos, yeah. but then I make them their own combination of drinks. I think the thing that they all have in common would be um, 
beet juice, pomegranate juice, a little bit of water, um, electrolytes, cordyceps. Cordyceps. Lion's mane. Lion's mane. That's something they all get. And then I heard lion's mane is good for your brain. For and focus, focus, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, the thing with cordyceps, particularly in beets, it's one of those things that the longer you take it consecutively, the more effective it is. So for example, wow. if we're going to play in elevation, what my athletes are, we're upping their beats for a period mm. of time to help with their acclimation to altitude. So, if, you know, like Miami's playing Denver. Yep. So like w- when we go to Denver with any of my athletes, mm-hmm. whatever the sport is, because again, I don't work with the team. I work with my specific right. athletes. We're all feeling great and yeah. everyone's feeling like trash. And the oh coach is like, what do you guys <laughs> do? You and do? I'm like, meet me in the lobby. Let me put something <laughs> together for you. So, uh, is that- this, is this something that like, for instance, I was just in Denver, uh, in Aspen and, uh, when hiking, breathing for me, was very difficult. It took me a few days to get adjusted to Yeah. Is this a concoction that I can yeah, put together? Beets and cordyceps are great. Saffron's also great for altitude adjustment. Saffron's also great, um, for just delivering oxygen to the body and it's actually a really powerful antidepressant. Um, so that will sometimes mm. go in their pre pregame too. Um, and then I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that's putting liver in athletes pregame drinks. No way. Like the liver tablets or. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. what does that do for again? Energy. You get a little boost of energy. Oh, wow. Um, and then mid game, I'll do electrolytes and pineapple and L-glutamine, uh, depending on how many minutes they're going to play, I'll mm. vary it. Sometimes I'll include fat fudge, which is a product. It's a tahini based squeeze pack, just a quick energy delivery. Really? So you could just squeeze out tahini? I actually brought you some actually. Oh, I forgot about that. I love tahini. Um, so it's tahini mixed with uh, cordyceps, beets, maca, wow. um, and cacao. They'll hit that at halftime. I actually have one of the coolest pictures ever is when we went in, won in Boston last season. Uh-huh. Uh, a coach happened to see it in the locker room it's a open packet of fat fudge mm-hmm. next to a champagne bottle covered in champagne oh that's so cool i'm like this is insane to me it's these like- are the, your two worlds colliding. it's just, just beautiful so yeah. sometimes we'll do that at halftime depending on how many minutes they're playing um especially if they're a soccer player and then recovery is um more pineapple, watermelon, L-glutamine. Um, it's a beef isolate protein. It's reishi, ashwagandha, and then uh, the other things will vary based on mm. who who they are. I saw a lot of hockey players. I remember I used to go into the locker room. They used to drink coconut milk or coconut juice mm-hmm. post workout. Mm-hmm. Does that have any effect? A co- a coconut water would be like your equivalent to a natural Gatorade. Okay. To me, it by itself is incomplete. It's totally fine. Just remember that I'm geeking out. Please so I'm like, geek out as it much needs, as you can. It needs more. Our I, listeners are all geeks. So I wouldn't I wouldn't do just coconut water. I would okay. cut the coconut, coconut water with regular water. I would mm. add electrolytes. Um, I would add the, add the L-glutamine, the creatine to it. Um, and depending on what they did for that particular day, I would either do black cumin seed oil immediately after mm-hmm. or wait a few hours and add the black cumin seed oil later, which is a really potent anti-inflammatory. Wow. So all this, the pre, during, and post-workout uh, drinks or supplements, do you notice that there's a better recovery time? Like what's the 100%. what's the biggest benefits? Um, well, benefit in-game is your your 
less taxed. Like I'll know. Like, so if I'm watching a game with my player, especially in the beginning when we're figuring out what we're going to do, I'm watching their breath cadence. I'm watching their rate of perspiration. I'm watching their focus time. And they'll tell me if it's working. There was a soccer player. They were doing friendly matches before the season started. And I've been working with him for a month and a half. And he's one of the top scorers for the particular team. And he called me and was like, I was in the middle of dribbling the ball and I had a moment where I saw it all happening as I'm doing wow. it, before I'm doing it. And I thought to myself, wow, Mary really knows what she's doing. <laughs> and so we were dialing in exactly what he should accomplish. And mm. we'll get metrics from the team. Like, you know, I've increased my speed. I've increased my capability to be able to play for longer minutes. I've increased my load metric for right. basketball, for example. And, and, the power of making little shifts is sometimes I'll check the weather. And if it's overcast where we're going, I'll make changes to vitamin D wow. to optimize. And there was one particular match for a soccer player where I made some Was change. this in the States or overseas? This is in the States. Okay. There was one particular match where um, I made some changes to the pre-workout. And I didn't get a chance to speak to him when I was handing it off. And I went up to the suite and I forgot that I didn't tell him that, you know, you might notice something different. Mm -hmm. And he's the star of the team. So they always pan on his face Uh during the national anthem. And I can see his breath cadence is different. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think I killed him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he started breathing slower? No, I saw him like. You could see him. You could. Athletes are great because they're so aware of their bodies. So he can sense something is different. And he, you can just see his like during the national anthem. Like, and I'm like, shit. (laughs) and he had an epic epic match epic match and then afterwards i take my my players and then our we have um players have their coaches their trainers on the team we put together i call it performance avengers Mm -hmm. outside of the organization to also support our athletes so we're all going to dinner and i get there and he grabs me he's like did you change the drinks today? I'm like, I did. Did you really notice? He's like, I loved it. During the national anthem, I was like, I feel really locked in. And like, I just made one change that day. And he was able to And it's to, all to natural. This is no... Yeah, no, I'm not trying to jeopardize exactly. my career. <laughs> I, I mean, all I did was mess with his B vitamins and uh, glutathione. I messed with the, the dosage the there. Glutathione, yeah. Yeah. And he noticed the difference. Like micronutrients are... They're not... I don't know. Nutrition isn't in my opinion given its proper respect in the sports world like how athletes there's one trainer to two or three athletes per team mm-hmm. i think there should be a nutritionist slash chef person? for every two or three athletes wow. like i know everything my athletes should eat or drink or shouldn't like they don't respond well to this when we travel mm-hmm. i make all the meals we vacuum seal them and i take them to the hotels and i'm running back and forth getting my athletes their meals because i don't want them eating with the hotels preparing. it's so interesting that you say that because i know like boxers i'm a big boxing fan boxers have a whole team around them for that one particular person mm-hmm. tennis players have a whole team around them for that one particular person but when it comes to like a team sport they're kind of like limiting the amount of people that are per yeah per athlete and it bums me out because like one of my athletes you can say the name. I don't. I'm. I. My. My. I. Unless, I, you, unless you're not allowed to. I don't it's know. not that I'm not allowed to. It's just. I, I mean, we can talk about it, and I'll say his name anyways. Okay. But it's um. My clients. I'm a referral only business, mm-hmm. and my clients will go to my page, and they're very much like, "I love that you make it about your craft." 
Yeah. And, and I've always just kind of honored that. And it's, and they're amazing. They would be amazing without me. So sometimes when I like come to say a name, like I don't ever want to take credit for their greatness. But like, for example, Kayvon Looney had one of his greatest personal seasons this last season. Right. Incredible. And he made some really key changes in his body work with um, his yoga training. For those that don't know, uh, Mr. Looney, uh, he plays for the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. and uh, he had three career highs. There it is. There's an amazing. He also made a game winner one of the games, and I was like, Incredible. I still remember. I'll forever remember. Looney, no, Looney, no, Looney, yes. <laughs> and it's like just you see, you see them excel in that way, and you're just so proud that they trust you, that you play a role, and you're for you're sure. one part of this whole team. It's one million such percent. A, I think it's what it's like to have kids. I don't know, like the I don't feels know. that I don't, way. I don't have kids. <laughs> Hopefully soon, who knows? But the idea is that with what I do, right? Um, I help people with their confidence. Mm-hmm. More than the inside, it's more of like a mental mm-hmm. thing with what I do. And when I see my athletes start smiling more, start giving better interviews, just like enjoying life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it just, they're they're great without me, yeah. but they're, they're better. So I think that plays in such a beautiful role of what we do. Yeah, athletes, like they don't, they want to know that you got their back. Whatever your function is, they want to know they don't have to think about it. And you have their best in mind. So it's like they trust you and Mm -hmm. they know know they're going to perform better because you're there doing what you need to do at your elite level. I view myself no different than them. I have to be elite. I have to be on top of my nutrition game and sleep game and et cetera, et cetera, to support them. Yes. Like, I really think if you're going to be in this space, you got to. But that comes with anything. Even being a parent, you have to be the best version of yourself so that you could be the best version for your kids. Mm-hmm. You have to be selfish first with yourself in order to be selfless. Yeah. Do you know Drew, Drew DuPont? Drew DuPont. He's part of, of uh, Mark Hyman's group. He has a podcast. I think he's the one that said this. And I'm sorry if, if it wasn't you, Drew, but I think it was you. He was like, I want to take care of myself now. So when I have kids, they don't have to take care of me when I'm older. Yeah, I love that. And that's that's so dope, that that thought process. There. I love that. So you mentioned sleep. Mm-hmm. Nutrition is probably one of the most important things that you could improve with your health and body and mind. Let's go into sleep. Because so, I think, A, you know, with the millennials, they're always on their phone. They're sleeping less and less and less. Aren't you a millennial or are you younger than millennial? I'm 30, turning 35. You're a millennial. Is that considered a millennial? Yeah. So for my generation of <laughs> human beings. I'm the elder millennial. Like I'm the, I'm the cutoff. You're a millennial too. And then it goes all the way down to, I guess if we're in, a, I think 33 would be the cutoff on the younger. And then you go to Gen Z. I don't even know the difference, honestly. Gen Z, it's Gen better Y, Gen don't. T, like <laughs> it, it's irrelevant as long as you have a good heart. But, <laughs> but I, I'm noticing that people are sleeping less and less. Right. Let's get into how important sleep is. Sleep is the number one underrated tool for your health and wellness. So one thing I won't, I wear an aura ring. I've had them since they were ugly and big and bulky. I love to use this data to inform what I'm going to do for the next day with my nutrition to make Mm -hmm. sure I can optimize if it's low. And I love to repeat the habits I did the day before if the number is high. If you're not getting adequate sleep, it doesn't matter what you're eating. Boom. Like sleep is number one. If you optimize sleep, it's going to help with recovery, yes. help with your hormone system, help with your your mood, the way you show up for people. Um, and in addition to sleep, I also think like connection and compassion and all of the things play a role that are super important to get dialed in. 
in addition to nutrition. So I know a lot of people say like, I can't sleep. So many people are like, I just can't fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I can't fall asleep. What are some things people could do maybe, whether it's their their diet or her, certain habits that could help them go to sleep for uh, for much stronger sleep and maybe even be able to sleep for much longer? Um, if someone's saying they can't sleep, I'm gonna ask them, tell me about your day. What time do you wake up? What's your habit when you're mm -hmm. up? What are you eating? When's the last time? When's the last part of the day you have caffeine? Are you drinking before you sleep? Are you smoking weed before you sleep? Are you on your phone? There's all these different lifestyle habits. So there's, there is sleep hygiene, essentially. Good sleep starts the moment you wake up. When you wake up, are you exposing yourself to light, natural light? Um, if you don't have natural light, do you have a red light? Because that's going to set your circadian rhythm. It's going to mm -hmm. start to set your internal clock of what's going to go on for the day. What's a red light? Um, there's infrared and red light. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got a lot of different benefits, mitochondrial function, uh, inflammation, um, skin. I feel like my skin is pretty solid for my age. And I, I is this like an infrared sauna that someone could go into? No, there's right a little, there's little like, you can get a handheld one or full mm -hmm. panel. Mm -hmm. um, the technology has been around forever. It's just okay. become more commercialized in the last, I'd say like 10 years, more accessible to anyone. But that I'm saying red light if you can't get outside. Mm -hmm. Part of my gut reset is also lifestyle cues. And one of them is when you wake up in the morning, open a window, expose yourself to fresh air, let your body know it's morning, mm -hmm. get some of that natural light even if the sun's not out and that will that will that's step one and like setting off a good rest of the day before we get to so like get the natural regime. as soon as you wake up get some natural sunlight and then brush your teeth those are the two main things you think brush your teeth first or the, which one would you, you tell do? me i don't even know <laughs> no, just, <laughs> what goes there first just taking the piss out of you. i'm from the city and you have these tall buildings and even in the morning the buildings are overcast shadows and for the people that live in the city the best thing that they could do is Use a red light, you said? Yeah, red light therapy. Okay. Um, there, I think, I think it's called happy lights. It's called happy lights? Well, no, I think, um, what's that show with the two girls? Curly hair and straight hair. They're in New York. <laughs> They're so Broad, is it Broad Street, the two girls? And she has the happy light, the episode where she's in the back, like, ah. <laughs> so they're called happy lights, essentially. It's so someone needs to, like, we, we should buy happy lights. Yeah, happy lights. <laughs> and you're not sponsored by this. So this no, is, I'm no, not. exactly. So, <laughs> oh, I'm calling it a happy, the, there's different brands that people like. There's like, Bio, but if I red search right now, Juke. the listener is searching and they're searching for red light or happy light. Is that what Do, it is? Search for a red, infrared light, red okay, light. Okay, red light. I don't know what's going to come up with happy light. I, happy can't be, light. I can't be responsible for those results. <laughs> I bought these two lights that have a happy face on it. Yeah, so red, red, it's essentially red light therapy. They have ones that are a few hundred dollars that are mm. handheld that you can just put on your face in midsection and then all the way to like full panels mm. that you can sit in front of for your whole body. But that is that is a good practice to do in the morning. How, long, how long should you be in front of this red light? 15 minutes, 15 okay. to 20 minutes. Um, have your cup of coffee when you're doing that. Mm. Put it in your bathroom while you're brushing your teeth, doing your skincare routine. Okay. Incorporate it in some way, especially if you have a very busy Make it schedule. part of your lifestyle. Yep. And also in the morning before you check your phone, a few minutes of deep breathing. Like be in control of your nervous system. Because again, that's going to help with how your body's going to function for the day. And this is how you start to set up for sleep. Now throughout the day, if you are a coffee drinker, I don't like coffee after 1 p.m. Because um, it will mess with your sleep cycles. If you're gonna need a boost later on in the day, look at things like cordyceps, maca, lion's mane mm -hmm. instead. And then when it is bedtime, things you've all heard. 
there's no new information out there. People just need to apply the information they already know. Lights out. Don't be on your phone or watching a screen within an hour of bedtime. Try to do some breath work. I like to make an ashwagandha rishi just tea with some honey and saffron. And part of it is those things do help with sleep, but also it's the ritual of like, it's time to wind down. Mm -hmm. If you want to do more than that, I like to put my fan on instead of my AC, just my fan on because my apartment runs cold. Is it like a white noise? White noise. It's like... I, I. Make the joke of I basically falling asleep with white noise as well. Well, I kind of recreate being in the womb. I have a weighted blanket. (laughs) I have the white noise going (laughs) and I'm like, I have some like, uh, pressure socks on like to just keep my nervous system down. And I'm like, I basically have just recreated being in the womb. (laughs) Just make sure you don't put anything, you know, like a thumb, thumb in your mouth. You're going to develop some dental problems. (laughs) And that just creates an environment. So like if I wake up, and I forget to turn off my fan. Mm-hmm. I'll real. I'll notice that I still feel like I'm Tired. sleeping. Yeah. I was like, because my body is now accustomed to that noise means wind down. It's crazy. I used to fall asleep to music all the time, like any type of music, even like dance music. I'll fall asleep. Hip hop. I'll fall asleep to. Like music was something I, I was gonna. You know, I was falling asleep to. And then Rachel came into my life, and and she's like, try to not fall asleep to music. You're gonna sleep better try this white noise mm-hmm. so falling asleep to white noise and it's completely changed away i can't fall asleep otherwise now white noise game changer um it has helped and also I, I i used to take ashwagandha um candies mm-hmm. and i swear by it like it will knock me out within 30 minutes ashwagandha is an adaptogen i love for multi-use too mm-hmm. so it it has it's it's an adaptogen so if you're up brings you down if you're down it brings you up Mm. um if you take it in the morning and you become very sleepy that's telling you there's a deficiency there and keep it towards night because sometimes you can take it in the morning but again if you listen to your body it's telling you what it needs but ashwagandha is also really great for optimal recovery it's also really great for long-haul symptoms of certain viruses so it's something that i really enjoy incorporating course you want to make sure that the quality is from a good source if you're a female you're going to want to do a little more research on where your hormones are because it can impact your hormones what about magnesium because i heard magnesium plays a big role in in sleep and yeah and many of our people millennials are deficient in magnesium and it causes them to yeah so if you're not getting adequate magnesium in your diet you want to supplement with it there's different types same thing if you take it in the morning and you get really really tired something you want to take at night Mm -hmm. you want to dose it starting with teaspoon at a time otherwise you'll be really regular in the bathroom and (laughs) you want to find where your sweet spot is so magnesium also helps you go to the restroom it it softens your stool yeah there it is there's a lot of people that are constipated out there yeah more is not better just for the record more is not (laughs) (laughs) um but magnesium again if you're not getting it an adequate amount in your diet you want to supplement with it um for women again multi-use magnesium is really great for hormones um also during times of travel and stress so even if you're not physically exerting yourself, right. thinking takes a lot out of, of your body. Course. So if you're very stressed, you're probably deficient in things like magnesium and vitamin C. So I like to up those things mm. during times of, of duress. So if you're like, I don't know, lawyer or doctor as well, high performance, or even an athlete after a basketball game or after a sports game, they might feel great from the nutrition, but their mind is rushing. I mean, you have the adrenaline rushing. So do you, do you give them 
like ashwagandha or magnesium. Yeah, it's there. part of their recovery drinks, depending oh, wow. on who they are, of, of what doses I need and what the mix needs to be. But they'll get a reishi and ashwagandha. I do a recovery ice cream, a dairy-free strawberry cool. recovery ice cream that has it in there because I want them to like, they look, they've now made the rule, we only eat the ice cream on nights we win, but it's uh-huh. like they have like, it's fun for them. I'm enjoying my ice cream and I know that it has everything I, need, I need and nothing wow. that I don't. Mm-hmm. On, on Instagram, you mentioned something really important to me because we do it as well, which is cold plunge, cold plunging, however the term you guys want to use it. Uh, when did you start doing it? When do you do it and um, when is the best time to do it? So uh, ice baths, I think, is what most athletes are familiar with if they've ever been an athlete. And then now we have cold plunging and cryotherapy and things like that. And I use cold, cold plunging in different ways and for myself personally in different ways for my athletes. Mm-hmm. One of the setups I do for clients is create their little recovery corner, like get them a renew therapy, get them a sauna and they have it at home. So it's a little it's easier for them. Uh, to to do it on a more regular basis. And so there's cold plunging for stress response, like actual emotional and physical stress response. Like if you're stressed out, it makes you you more resilient, like being able to adapt to stress. What if for those people that cannot find an ice bath anywhere? Cold shower. Just a cold shower. Freezing cold shower. Freezing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Especially if you're starting with a hot shower and going to a cold shower, unless you want to dump a bunch of ice into... Your bathtub. Wasn't there a challenge, ice bucket challenge for like the ALS ALS challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so there's, there's doing a certain type of breath cadence at a certain time of day. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it to maximize your stress response to the world. And then there's uh, doing cold plunge for recovery post uh, working out. And, but I think what's been often misunderstood is the right time after training. Right. And people hear, and we mentioned this earlier, people hear inflammation and they automatically think it's bad. But there is a pro-inflammatory period that you want post-training. Otherwise, you're you're basically stunting all of the gains that you're trying to get in the gym. So if you don't care about that and it just feels good, remember how you feel is important. So if doing a cold plunge post-workout feels good, understand that if you're trying to get bigger batter you're sort of like thwarting that but if it feels good go for it because i feel like a lot of people think that the second you get some type of inflammation just ice it right away yeah and and your body needs to respond it does for an injury too so you need you need that pro-inflammatory period so the body can start Mm -hmm. doing what it does naturally it's the longer lasting inflammation you want to tackle so post working out give it i think it's like 30 minutes, an hour before you jump into mm-hmm. an ice bath. That I have to figure out the exact timing on that because I may have misquoted that, but you won't want to do it immediately after working out if you're focused on getting gains. But again, if it feels good, that's great. I don't really pay attention too much to the time of day that I do it because my schedule is so insane. I do it for the inflammatory or the stress response rather. Um, so towards the end of the day? depends on when I can get to the gym. Gotcha. So like I will, I I try to go, I try to do hot and cold. So I have a sauna bag I travel Mm -hmm. with. Um, And if I have the sauna bag, I'll do 30 to 60 minutes in there and then a cold shower. Or if I'm at home, I'll jump into my cold plunge any time of day. For me, I just like how I feel afterwards. It gets me focused. For sure. It allows me to be calmer throughout the day um, because I am in a high stress environment. 
I don't pay attention to it from the perspective of trying to thwart inflammation unless I'm having one of my cooking marathons where it's like four straight days of well, cooking, my body joints, everything hurts. Then I'm getting in there okay. for my body. So, for- you do, so you're doing a lot of the recovery, mm-hmm. stress and also physical recovery. Um, what about like, for instance, I love my favorite thing. Uh, and this is what, what I do so that I don't have to drink coffee is first thing in the morning, be able to go into the sauna, jump in to yeah. the cold plunge. And it gets me going for the rest of the day. Like, 100%. Like, that's you your solution. Your question. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, again, how do you feel? If it wakes you up and rejuvenates you, amazing. Exactly. For me, if I do cold plunge at night, it also helps me sleep better. Right. Wow. Like, so it really depends on your personal use. That's the whole paleo. That's the whole make, eat, play, mm. crush your own. It's identify and design your health based on what your goals are and yeah. try a lot of things. It's crazy also how old this study of cold plunge mm-hmm. and saunas are like our ancestors. You know, my my ancestors, my ancestors are Eastern European. We they used to do it from hundreds of years ago. Yeah, in Finland, I think it's um, the the stat is there's two saunas to every person wow. in Finland. We're all moving to Finland. My so I, <laughs> my my friend is Finnish. He he owns Four Sigmatic and took a bunch of uh, all of us to Finland wow. a few years ago negative 40 degree temperature <laughs> um but we got to see, i you got to like do the plunge in in the water free yeah freezing in the lake or river whatever the lake, the lake. lake. but it, it, he talks he taught us a lot about how that is normal mm-hmm. and part of the culture and the lifestyle that's right and then over here we're charging 65 dollars per day yeah, I mean, at a facility growing up every time out potentially get sick or about to get sick straight into the sauna sweat it out steam room cold plunge it was crazy in in finland too when we were out there they had the kids when we're just walking around we're seeing the kids at their recess Mm -hmm. they're out in negative 40 degree temperature in t-shirts rolling around in the snow i'm over here like yes what is this but that's building resiliency that's part of what that cold does it's so funny you mentioned that um I was going to school with one of my friends, my neighbors, she used to walk out of her house because we used to take the yellow bus together. Uh, you know, even when it was like 50 degrees, it wasn't even that cold. I used to be like three layers, a jacket, you know, winter hat. And my friend would come out in a t-shirt holding her jacket like, no, no big deal. I would get sick all the time. She never got sick. It's incredible like what happens when you start building your body for resistance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think like overprotection is is also not very good. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about when going back to diet. That's how I feel about people who are so rigid with their keto, their carnivore, their low carb, whatever it is, is that you're not making your body metabolically flexible. Mm. You're limiting so many things and actually making it more difficult for you to adapt. I love that. There's so many people that are so strict, like whether you're only on a plant-based diet and that's all it is, or only keto and you're only eating meat. Like, I feel like there has to be some flexibility. And and also like every f- several years of your life, you're a different person. Your body is different. Your mind is different. Your environment's different. Your environment is different. I feel like you need a different type of nutrition to calibrate that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And our body tells us what it needs. Sometimes people will notice their body changing, and but they'll be so married to that one thing that they were doing and even though they're seeing that their body's mm. changing and eating something else, but they're just so so rigid. used to that. So it's like truly listen to your body. That's why I love blood work. Yeah. That's why I love journaling. I say the best self development book is a journal. Like pay attention to mm-hmm. what's going on. I think probably the most important question I want to ask you, I would like to ask you, is 
how are you so in tune with your body? When did it start? How did this whole journey of yeah. nutrition, health, because you said you didn't grow up in the family that was into that, or were they? Well, they're Egyptian, so the food was always healthy at home because mm -hmm. it's Mediterranean food, essentially. But I noticed in first grade, second grade, third grade, I would start to get these really awful migraines. And the only difference was I was no longer eating the fresh whole foods at home. I was trying to be cool and eat the pizza and all the other processed foods at school. And I would start to get these migraines and they'd be so awful. I would be vomiting wow. constantly. And it's a story I tell on my website of uh, when you're in grade school and you don't have a fever, they don't believe that you're sick when you say you're sick. And I remember going to the nurse's office with one of my migraines and her saying, you know, you don't have a fever, stop lying, go back to class. And I was a good kid. Like I got my name on the board once and it still haunts me to this day. And I got my name on the board because I had a migraine. I put my head down and she's like, you can't put your head down. And I'm like, I really don't feel good. Right. And she, she put my name on the board for being defiant. Essentially. Yeah. Right. And then, and then I ended up vomiting and they're like, oh, wow. maybe she is sick. And even as I'm like getting rolled out with my mom, I'm like, can you take my name off the board? I wasn't <laughs> lying. <laughs> I'm not feeling good. That's true. In the school sy uh, systems, uh, unless you have like a severe symptom, mm -hmm. they don't consider it bad. That they can see in some way, even yeah. though you're saying. So if you think of what started there was me saying, I don't feel good. And someone saying, we don't believe we you. We don't trust you. So this continued on. I went to a bunch of doctors. They t told me I had cancer and lupus. I did so many crazy tests, so much blood work. So it got to the point at seventh grade where I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm just, this is just my normal. I'm just going to be in pain for the rest uh, of yeah, my yeah. life. And I had a little conversation with God where I'm like, if I have to suffer this much, please tell me someone somewhere else is suffering less. Like make my pain oh mean my something. And and it would affect my livelihood. I would have to leave hanging out with my friends early. I wanted to play sports. So there's another story I tell where my migraines also would cause me to go and lose my sight. So I would have a head wrap on for pressure and I would have eyesight and I would tell my coach, I got a few minutes. She'd put me in the game. I'd do a couple of plays. I'd look at her and she's like, okay, we got to get her out because wow. she knows my eyesight's going to go away. So I, I try to find a way to work around it. Then as I get into high school, now it's affecting my hormones. My migraines are, are starting. It's started. My body's telling me something's wrong. The migraine was the first symptom. Mm -hmm. And then now it's hormone issues. Then I, I dropped out of high school at 17. Good grades. Varsity tennis player. I just don't want to be there anymore. And I went to tech. And I'm the youngest person on the team by 10, 15 years. And generally the only or one of a couple of females. Wow. If you don't feel good at work in that environment, it's... Oh, did a boy hurt you? <laughs> Are you okay? It's, yeah. it's like you have to prove, not only do you have to be as good as everyone else on the team, you have to be better than them to keep your spot at sure. the table. And so I wasn't going to go home if I had a migraine. I asked for a stand-up desk. I had an endo board. You had, had a chip a on your shoulder. You had a lot to prove. I put a cot underneath my desk. So if I had a migraine, I would just take a nap. Wow. And I'm like, we're, we are going to do this. <laughs> and um, But I would still have bouts of migraines that would, caused me to vomit to the point of dehydration, to the point of passing out. Wow. And when you are 18 to 25, that age, and you're passed out and vomit, they assume you've overdosed on drugs. So people, my friends are finding me, they're taking me to the ER. Holy doctors God. are saying, what did you take? I'm trying to explain to them, it's just a migraine. And again, the doctors probably were like, they don't trust you, they don't believe you're you. Lying, you're lying, tell us, all this stuff. So again, you're feeling like I'm telling you what's wrong and you're not believing me. And 
I'm very assertive in every other part of my life. And I don't know why it took that long to realize I just need to be assertive with my health rather than relying on the tests they're giving me. So I had this moment when I was sitting my very last ER visit, I was sitting there and I don't, they give me morphine and fenugrin and morphine, the hangover from morphine causes so much anxiety for me that I I didn't want to take it. I'm like, I don't want any more morphine, please. Can you tell me what is the mechanism causing a migraine? Can you please, can we reverse engineer this so I can understand what's happening? They were very frustrated with me. I'm like, I don't want any more. This is not a shining moment. They were frustrated with you, but you were frustrated with the system. But I, I turned into a little jerk. So because they weren't answering my questions and telling me I was a liar, I ripped the IV out of my arm. Ooh. I took the vomit that was in my hand. I spilled it? Threw it across the oh, room. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be here anymore. You're giving me drugs I don't want. And I walked out and then I started to do research on, okay, let me understand everything that goes into a migraine. I found a TED talk by Dr. Terry Walls about the mitochondrial function. She mm-hmm. had full-blown MS. She'd be a great guest for you. Mm-hmm. Full-blown MS and reversed it running marathons. Um, And it made sense to me because if I now flash back to being a junior in high school, my lab partner and I rewrote the words to the mitochondrial function. Like we rewrote the words to a Beastie Boy song about the mitochondrial function. Like I was studying that in high school. And and now it's it's such a uh, hot topic now because now mitochondria, mitochondria. Meanwhile, mitochondria is the most important. And I was nerding out because the Beastie Boys song was like, (laughs) you got to fight for your right to ATP. Like we wrapped it for our our presentation. (laughs) And then I I was thinking about autoimmune disease. And and when I was in seventh grade, I wrote a paper on autoimmune disease and how ADHD, I think, is more autoimmune related and it has to do with a nutrient deficiency. And I'm like, you idiot, You've you've been hovering around the answer the whole time. So I, so when I was going through all of my tests with doctors, they were doing blood tests for celiac disease, not food allergies, but celiac Celia. disease. And the blood tests at the time are 60% inconclusive. That's a huge margin of error. So they were telling me I wasn't a celiac, but I decided to send my own lab work, which was a cheek swab and a stool analysis on my own. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a gluten intolerance. You send it to where? Uh, uh, Intero Labs in Texas. Did they also test you for like Lyme disease and things like that? Or? I don't know what their offering is at the t- now. At the time, they were testing for gluten, uh, casein. They were testing for different bacterias. But this is in 2011, 12. I'm sure they mm-hmm. expanded that. And every time I say Intero Labs, they get a pretty big influx. But there's a lot of different labs too. I don't think I asked. Did you ever go to like the head and neck specialist? To try to figure out what's going on with your migraines, oh, like they, either oral maxillofacial surgeon, a dentist, like somebody that deals with the head and neck. I did dentists, did uh, chiropractors. Um, what did the dentists or chiropractors? Do you remember what type of test they did? Or I don't, but they all told me I was I was making up my migraines. Yeah, that yeah. one doctor prescribed me antipsychotics without my knowledge because he said, "Oh, I just thought you were being emotional." Okay. And that we could handle it that way. Okay. So when I got my labs back, Terrible. yeah, it's terrible. I like I hate those that just prescribe something just to shut up the patient. I mean, you really have to be in tune. You're in this profession to help somebody, not to shut them up. Yeah, I don't. I don't think doctors are going to continue to get away without doing better moving forward. We're becoming way too educated as as patients. You know what's something so interesting. Uh, I've been doing my career for the last 10 years and I almost never prescribe anything to any patient. 
That's amazing. You're coming into my office. We're going to figure out what needs to be done. What is the common cause? What is the the, the root of the problem? And yeah. let's deal with it. Yeah. And let's try different methods. Because it's so easy for someone to call me up now and be like, hey, can you just prescribe me this? No, I'm not going to pre- just prescribe Why are you that, that way? I just grew up to, uh, to a mom who is a very health-oriented person. And she never just jumped into giving me... Uh, antibiotics or things like that. And she's a very, very big proponent to holistic health. Mm-hmm. Like her mom is a holistic uh, doctor mm-hmm. here in America. And I just grew up like that. So it was modeling for you that modeling you for that me. Way. And also, I also don't like the idea of like, you know, the answer is always going to be antibiotic or a pain med. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to find the actual cause, right? So if someone comes to me and they have bad breath, I'm not going to be like, here's a mint. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, why do you have bad breath? Mm-hmm. And it could be so many different factors and symptoms that cause bad breath. So how do you, if you're speaking to a colleague who doesn't think like you, yeah. how would you convince them to start thinking like you? Um, I would probably tell them to have a multi-specialty team, right? So what does that mean? Because if you're an individual dentist and you're overwhelmed by all oh, these clients, I have this problem, that problem, you probably don't know the solutions and your easiest, mm-hmm. the best bet for you is prescribe something, get that person out of pain and that person thinks you're a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. But actually you're you're creating an addiction for those type of clients, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very lucky to have a multi-specialty team where I could bounce ideas. A person has a certain pain, I, instead of being like, here's a pain med and then let me know how you feel, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. I'd rather first, you know, go through the, the analytics testing, mm-hmm. uh, go through all that uh, testing with my team, with endodontist, root canal specialist, mm-hmm. or maxillofacial, like all the different specialists that I have on my team and try to figure out as a group. Mm-hmm. And then only after that do I start making a game plan for that client. And obviously that takes more time, yeah. but it's worth it. I'll give an example. So my root canal specialist, for those that never had a root canal, they think it's the scariest, worst thing in the world. If, if someone goes... You need if if I tell a patient you need a root canal, like they start freaking out. They're like, so that means I can't save my tooth. Like they don't even know what it is. Most doctors, when they do like a procedure, especially a root canal, they'll give pain meds so that the patient is not going to feel any pain post up. The thing is, for instance, I have a very good uh, root canal specialist, and he taught me not to give pain meds right away to see if the procedure works. You also want to make sure that whatever we're doing, your right. body's able to heal it right. on its own right. rather rather than relying on right. pain medication. Most people don't think that way. Like no. My it's, friends it's are like, just fix. take Botox for just, the migraines. But I'm like, fix. no, I need to know if what we're doing is helping your migraine. If I, if I blunt the symptom, I don't know yeah. if we're exactly. actually- Exactly, because Botox could reduce the type of clenching you're doing, but the clenching could be caused because you have a problem with your bite. So for the rest of your life, you'd be poking your boat, you know, your your face muscles, mm-hmm. but not dealing with the actual problem, which is an off bite or your jaw is misaligned or mm-hmm. something like that. That whole thing that you just went off on, that if you guys don't have that as a clip, it needs to be a clip because it's it's you're being a leader as a doctor. Yeah. And well, I'm really very powerful. lucky to have, you know, two parents who are in the same field and I pick and chose what I believe in and I have the I have the ability to do that. Most people don't have that ability. Most people need to satisfy the client in any way possible. The people that don't have that ability, yeah. you then become the example. Okay. So that's why that clip is so important okay. because the way you said it, it's like your ego is set aside. Yeah. And you're like, I'm surrounding myself with people who know differently than me mm. and it's collaborative. And I think when I say that to a doctor, they're like, don't fucking tell me what to do. Yeah. But if another doctor says that and says it over and over and over again, the people that weren't exposed to that growing right. up were like, well, I'm going to listen to a colleague who's telling me, yeah, it might take more time. Yeah. I might make a little less money, but I'm being a more impactful doctor. Everyone, and I took wants, an oath. A, everyone wants a response and the result like within seconds. 
whether it's like I have a toothache, just give me whatever, I'll deal with it. Or I want a smile makeover, but I want a smile makeover like yesterday. I want my whole mouth redone yesterday. Like it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Like even like with nutrition, there's a, a good reset. They want to lose weight. There's a good reset for seven days. You need to first do preliminary work to even get to the point of nutrition. Yeah. My answer to most questions is, I don't know, it depends. They're like, what about this? I go, it depends. I know nothing about you. It yeah. depends. I think what you're doing is is very powerful within your realm and you're, you know, you created your own lane. Yeah. I talk about that a lot. Like it's not easy. I cry a lot. Like what I have. You no, have no one to bounce no, ideas none, off of. None. It's me and my plants. <laughs> Just, I'm like, what do you, what do you think? Motley Crue? What about you? <laughs> Paula Abdul? <laughs> Cause I name all my plants. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so it's, it's, I have really amazing, again, clients who are also outliers. And mm. when they see me struggle yeah. with like the lane I've chosen as an entrepreneur and the specific lanes mm-hmm. I've chosen, they're like, too much who is given, much is required. Yes. And like, you just got to stay the course. Stay it's the course. Gonna, it's going to suck. But you're also doing something that people are never going to try to put in the work to do For sure. until they see it done by you. Like the three-point shot Steph was doing, do people think all that shit was possible before he did it? Now no. kids are hitting those shots all the time. Exactly. So you're setting an example of what's possible in that lane, and that's essentially what you can do for doctors. Same and you're too. like, I'm. this is how I make myself more accessible and great to my patients. To and be ca- I think be cautious, too, if your doctor is always giving you a quick fix. I understand exactly. like there's a need sometimes. Once in a while, but I if, agree with that. if your client, patient... And you have a practitioner, a doctor, a trainer that is so quick to give you the quick fix or only sticks to one modality, run for the yeah. hills. That's not the person that's there for you. Yes. That's the person that's there for their own ego. Like a butcher knows how to cut slaughter, right? So that's their vision. That's their lane. But you need someone that's open-minded. And that comes back to the beginning days of, of, of how it started for you. Like no one believed in what you were saying. They didn't trust you. And the doctor is also we're an open-minded to explore what's going on with you. So I sent out my blood work and I was expecting a gluten intolerance, but it came back that I was a full blown celiac carrier of both genes oh, wow. and a intolerance to casein, which is a protein found in dairy. I was stoked. My friend who got a similar result a few weeks later was sobbing, crying. She thought her life was over. I'm like, are you kidding me? We just learned how we're going to feel better. I done. And in three months, everything that was bothering me went away. Wow. And it was mind-blowing. It was very difficult to eat out because at the time there was no gluten-free paleo things being labeled. And at work, people noticed that you're not wearing your sunglasses as much. You're not having to take time to go outside as much. What are you doing differently? And so I was explaining what I was eating or what I wasn't eating more more uh, specifically. And uh, at the time, somebody asked me if... I would be willing to make the food I was making for mm-hmm. myself for them. Uh, and I was very full of myself. I'm like, I don't cook for people. I manage multi-million dollar contracts. <laughs> That's right. Because you worked for a tech, <laughs> tech company. company yeah. right, right. And But in San Francisco, I joke that you can make good money and still be broke. So I was like, yeah, I'll do a side hustle for a little bit because okay. he's willing to pay a certain amount of money. And I'm like, this will help, you know, support my designer dress habit. And but you also had a passion for it, so... Well, it was it was something that I thought was really cool. Did I know it was a passion yet? No. Like, okay. did I grow up thinking I'm going to be a private chef? No, I was just 
doing something that was cool on the side. And then um, at the time, like I said, paleo was becoming popular. So it was easier to say paleo and paleo chef. And there's a whole magical story on how I got paleochef.com. And so if anybody was looking for a personal paleo chef, I was the only one showing up. So I got major athletes, authors, tech people very early. And they thought they were getting a private chef. And then I'm in there like, I need your stool. I need your spit. I need your sweat. (laughs) So it was different. They're like, this is something different. I I messed with this person. And, uh, And so then I got some really cool clients and I was still trying to manage my regular corporate Mm -hmm. job with this and my body shut down because it was just too much. Yeah, overwhelmed. So I had to choose one or the other. And I went to the ferry building to to think about my life and I didn't notice a gentleman, who the gentleman was. I just saw somebody walking towards the door. So I opened the door because I'm a gentleman at heart (laughs) and he pauses. He goes, wow, Shibali's not dead. And we had a little exchange. And my friend who was playing hooky with me that day was like, are you that obtuse? Are you that in your head? You took the day off from work to decide if you want to be a chef. And mm. you opened the opened the door for Tyler Florence, who's this amazing chef in the Bay Area. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that was Tyler. I, yeah, I guess I'm quitting. I just decided. <laughs> and the next day I resigned. My boss told me to please go back to my desk. <laughs> and I was like, no, this is real. And I had worked with him for a long time at different companies. And wow. he's like, I knew this day would come one day. And I went all in on Paleo Chef and was like, screw it, you know, I could always go back to tech. And the joke for the first few years was like, I'm still not homeless. So 12 years later. <laughs> I love the fact that you went all in. A lot of people are trying to do stuff in their lives and then they want to pivot, right? So they're like, I hate my job, but I, w- I want to try to do this side hustle. But then they're like giving like 30% for the side hustle and 30% of their main yeah. work. And then, yeah. but then nothing happens. Yeah. You have to go all in. It be, I want to like, you have to be smart about it, right? I had the side hustle for a little bit to make yeah, sure it had some legs because yeah. I, I don't want to like quit your job tomorrow, but be smart about like it. Like Gary V, like quit everything now. <laughs> but one of my philosophies <laughs> is doubting a circumstance is okay. Doubting yourself, never. So I may have pivoted to this and it didn't work out. It's not a reflection on me and I could pivot back. So I won't doubt who I am. Mm-hmm. So even when I take risks, I'm very, very confident in who I am and my ability. So to it's a calculated it. risk. It's it's very much, I know who I am. And if right. I'm going to make an assumption about the outcome of my risk, I'm going to assume it's going to be brilliant. And if it doesn't, I can always pivot back. So it's, I did both to prove out a concept to be smart. And then at some point I needed to choose and jump all the way in and, so far, so okay. <laughs> many years later, many people later, many bodies later. Yeah, I've, I've done some really cool stuff. A resident consultant to Nike served 10,000 people. I've, I've autographed the wall at the Niner Stadium. I've been That's a guest cool. chef there a couple of times. My work on Black Panther, my work with the players and the Warriors, my work with some of the greatest soccer players. It's like, it's really cool. I forget who my clients are sometimes because it's, I'm just driving through LA. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's the fact that they trust you in that level. And then in that process, I shared the on social the day I quit my job. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but follow along. So then I also got the support of strangers and now become mm. my community online who follow the work for the education around nutrition, but also the fact that I will share if I screw something up and here's what I'm going to do about it. I will share if something doesn't work out with my physical product. And I almost lost that business in 2019, 20. And I'm like, this messed up, watch me Mm. rebuild it. So I have this community cheering me on and learning with me and then making 
paleo their own, making eat play crush their own. Um, and it's, it's, I, one of my first posts right now that's pinned shows what my skin and my stomach look like for pre paleo, like with, I eat gluten and it, and the caption is like how I took one of my major health disadvantages and turned it into a competitive edge. So turned it into an advantage. Every, yeah. Everything that I do is a result of taking crap and turning it into fertilizer essentially. And that's also the ethos behind eat, play, crush and nutrition is I've lost a lot of people in my life. A lot of my friends no are longer with us, even as recent as a month ago. And the only way I know how to honor their legacy is mm. to make sure everyone in my sphere can feel their absolute best Love and that. be very vital. And nutrition is a tool for you to feel better, but it's so much more than that. I love that. And that's why I started this episode with, you are a champion. Thanks. So a champion means that you are a supporter of your craft. You work on your craft. You you build upon whatever you've built throughout the years, and you try to be the best version of yourself. So just another example of what you could do with your craft, no matter what it is, and how you take it to different heights and how you impact the world. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just cooking and I'm just feeding a few people. No, but you, you could take whatever you're doing in your life, whatever craft it is, and impacts so many people. You can, especially from my perspective, I may not be the one to change the world, but I'm supporting people mm. who can and will change the world. So it is that whole, the mustard seed can move a mountain. I'm feeding little mustard seeds that are moving mountains that I may never reach. So you're part of an ecosystem. Everything, your health is connected, we're connected. I would hope that we have common goals as humanity, even though things would tell us differently right now <laughs> on social, yeah. but it is all connected. But you know what? F- food is something that brings everyone together. Yes. So unless I think that's unless you very put special. a vegan and a meat but, eater. But then the you're right. Now it becomes a lot more complicated. <laughs> Everything is more complicated. But it it's the, everyone needs nutrition. Everyone needs community. Everyone needs connection. And that that's what Eat, Play, Crush is about. And that's why nutrition can be individual. Just make make sure you are living your best amen